Today's podcast is brought to you by Liquid IV. This is a partnership I'm thrilled to share with you guys. The subject of hydration is a meaningful and important one that I think a lot of people don't have the conversation. It's just simply a fact that you cannot perform at your highest level if you are dehydrated, especially in these crucial summer months of training for cross country being hydrated is a must. Despite the myth floating around, water alone does not keep you hydrated. It's very important to supplement with products like Liquid IV to ensure you're ready to go for training. So why might you ask, should I choose Liquid IV? Well, I have a few facts for you. It has two to three times more hydration than water alone. It contains five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C. And it has three times the amount of electrolytes compared to traditional sports drinks, which is just incredible. And then also Liquid IV uses only premium ingredients. Every product is non-GMO and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. One crazy fact that I feel like a lot of people don't realize is that dehydration occurs daily in 75% of people. It's not just runners where dehydration happens. It's in everybody and you need to be hydrated to feel your best and perform your best. And you can start to fix that problem by fueling up with Liquid IV. Don't wait, you can start to run faster and feel better today. So maybe you're not convinced yet. <laughs> you can get 25% off of all products with code the running effect, all caps. In addition to this, we get a small commission from sales using that code. So you are directly contributing to the future of this podcast, which is super exciting. I'm super passionate about this product and hope you will all give it a try and help the podcast in the process. So I hope you all try out Liquid IV. It's definitely helped me in my training and staying hydrated. And even in these podcasts, it's uh, one of my favorite beverages to drink while I uh, ask the questions on the other side of the mic. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Stoke Performance Nut Butter. This is a company that provides a world-class product and owners Wilkerson and James are truly incredible people who have made an even more incredible product. Stoke Performance Nut Butter uses only the cleanest ingredients so you can be performing and feeling your best every single day. Every ingredient in the nut butter has a purpose and reason behind why it's in the product, which personally was super impactful for me because normally when you try out most nut uh, butters or peanut butters and you look at the ingredients there's always one or two sketchy ingredients that makes you scratch your head and wonder man I wish there was a better product out there that only used clean ingredients and Stoke Performance Nut Butter filled that hole and I'm so excited to start using this product. Some key nutrients in Stoke Performance Nut Butter include B vitamins to support energy production and blood health, curcumin to support cardiovascular health, increased brain-derived neurotropic factor and muscle recovery, selenium to support proper thyroid function and energy metabolism, copper and iron to support blood health, zinc to support immune function, magnesium to support muscle function and recovery, and polyphenol phenols to support anti-inflammatory effects again like truly uses the best ingredients and nutrients to make you feel your best self going into your run or workout 
This product is also super delicious and comes in very fun and unique flavors such as cinnamon pecan fuel and dark chocolate hazelnut fuel. When I first started doing research on this product, I was immediately blown away and quite honestly in disbelief that such a high quality product existed. Not only that was super, super healthy and clean, but also one that tasted super, super delicious. So you can get 10% off all products with code the running effect. In addition to this, we get a small commission from sales using that code, so you are directly contributing to the future of this podcast, which is super exciting. I'm super passionate about this product and hope you will all give it a try and help the podcast out in the process. So go on over to stokeperformance.com to check out their amazing and incredible products today and use our code to help support the show. Welcome to this week's episode of The Running Effect with Dominic Schleter. I'm your host, Dominic, and on today's episode of the show, I have the great privilege of speaking with Mackenzie Steele. But before we get into today's episode, I would greatly appreciate it if you liked, subscribed, shared the show with your friends, and even gave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, particularly Spotify, because as of recording this, we are at 195 reviews, so five more until we hit 200. So if you could go do that right now that would be so so appreciated and basically what giving us a positive review does is it uh, boosts the podcast more on charts and helps people who haven't discovered the show discover the show more easily which is always super amazing because then hopefully we can inspire more people who listen so Mackenzie Steele she will be a sophomore at the University of Clemson this upcoming fall she uh, was a walk-on to the team and she is thriving there on the team currently and Mackenzie also has an Instagram food account which is kind of blown up it is good food good run is the account name if you want to look it up I believe she has something crazy like 30,000 followers so she's definitely learned a lot since creating that account in high school and basically this episode is just a background into Mackenzie's life and all the exciting things going on within it so without further ado here's my amazing conversation with Mackenzie Mackenzie, welcome to the Running Effect podcast. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good. I have to ask, uh, I think in preparing to schedule this uh, interview, we were talking about you heading back to Clemson, which by the time this episode comes out, you'll be there already. So how cool is it to think that you'll be back on your like home campus in two days um, when we're recording this and also like you've been away for a whole summer. So are you excited to go back or are you kind of missing the the whole summer part oh I'm very excited to go back (laughs) where I live now I'm kind of like out in the country so I'm really excited to just run back with my teammates again and see everyone and yeah I can't wait so Clemson is in South Carolina or North Carolina is that correct it's in South Carolina. South Carolina. Okay. So what are the biggest differences between running in Virginia where you live currently versus South Carolina? Um, I feel like it's pretty similar. They're both very humid. South Carolina <laughs> is definitely a lot hotter. Um, so that's just takes getting used to and it's hotter for longer, like into the fall, I'd say. I don't know, October, it's still like pretty hot out. So that's the biggest difference. 
I remember having Parker Valby. She runs for the University of Florida. She placed second in the 5K NCAAs this past uh, spring, summer, whenever it was. Um, and I was very curious to hear, like, how she trains in the Florida heat. So I'll ask you the same question. How do you deal with, like, the heat of South Carolina when it's, like, overwhelming? What are some of the things you do to uh, to manage the heat? And also, like, as we'll get into, like, you're very knowledgeable on food and nutrition and such. So what is some advice to people listening um, for maybe, like, training in the heat? Definitely make sure you're hydrating a bunch, uh, more than you think, because when it's just that hot out, it's crazy how much you sweat. It's just like pools of water on your skin. (laughs) But kind of if you have um, an afternoon practice, try to do a lot of your hydration in the morning and just kind of based on the time you practice, because if you just chug water beforehand, it's not going to end well. So, And then also just adding maybe um, different types of electrolytes like noon and even like coconut water, just different forms because water is, you need the salt and stuff too. Yeah. For your sweat. <laughs> hey, shameless plug. This po- uh, this podcast is sponsored by Liquid IV. So if you're curious about looking into to more uh, uh, hydration products, look into that one and you can get 25% off if you use code, the running effect. Shameless plug there. Had to do it. Um, Mackenzie, one thing I like to do with all my guests is at the beginning of every episode, just a quick little fun this or that round. So my first question for you is ice cream or cake? Oh, ice cream for sure. Chicken or steak? Chicken. Are you a morning or night person? I I guess I'm a night person, but I want to be a morning person. <laughs> <laughs> Slowly transitioning. Um, mountain yes. or beach vacation? Beach. Rain or snow? Ah, uh, snow. Reading or writing? Mm, I guess reading. Um, hot or cold? I don't know. See, I love the fall. I know this is supposed to be rapid fire, but like when it's too hot, you're just uncomfortable. You know? Yeah, for sure. So I guess I guess cold. Jeans or sweatpants? <laughs> sweatpants. Uh, bagels or toast? Mm, toast. Okay, so I haven't, I know this is more of a rapid fire section, but we can also have conversation in between. Um, I'm curious, I've followed your Instagram for like a little while now, but not too long. But in the short time of following you on Instagram, I've come to the realization that like you put fun stuff on your toast and whatnot. So what is, oh, yeah. what, what, what are like the top spreads of things you put on your toast? Definitely the peanut butter banana combo, but then you upgrade it with some honey and cinnamon on top. And then my recent favorite has been like a PBJ, but you like make it toast. Like you don't put it together so you can get like loaded up with the jelly and the peanut butter. Um, Yeah, those are my two main ones. That's actually something... I started doing last summer, I think, with the PB&J idea, where it's like PB&Js are good, but also... I feel like a lot of a lot of times it's like there's too much bread in each bite, if that makes sense. And yeah. I feel like when you do open-faced, as you're talking about, like you get a lot more peanut butter and jelly. Uh, so I agree with yeah. you there. And it, it's something that um, was super like weird to do the first time. But after I did it, I'm like, man, I should do it like this every single time. Um, so yeah. I definitely agree with you there. Uh, my next question is tacos or wings? Tacos. Um, TV series tacos. or a movie? 
Um, I like movies. Okay, not to keep talking about these because I know it's supposed to be your affair, but what are, what are some of your favorite movies off the top of your head? Uh, I don't know. I, I, it's hard for me to pick. I just love, I just don't watch too much TV. I'd rather sit down and watch a movie, but I do like a lot of the Marvel movies. Um... And then, like, the Disney classics, like Cars and Nemo, you can never go wrong with those. <laughs> For sure. For sure. I agree with you with the movie and TV series thing. Like, even from a time perspective, a movie is so much less of a time demand versus a TV series. Like, so many people I'm around, yeah. they're like, oh, you see this or that? I'm like, I don't have 10 hours a week to go into a TV series. So I agree with you yeah. there. Um, a few more questions. Sweet or sour? Sweet. Sweet or savory? Sweet. ketchup or mustard ketchup would you rather eat a green banana or brown banana brown Um, I eat my bananas very spotty (laughs) (laughs) Uh, pancakes or waffles pancakes and last but not least would you rather run 20 miles every day for a year or not be able to run at all for a year oh gosh Lucky 20 miles a day because then you could just double. For, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, that is a good idea. I agree with you there. I feel like it would be like also just absolutely brutal for like a type A distance runner like I am, like you are, like I'm sure a lot of our listeners are, to take a whole year off of running. I feel like you'd get yes. like into competitive cycling or swimming or something um, just to get that same like feeling. Because running, that's the thing too. Like when I've been injured, I don't know if you've experienced this before, but when I've been injured in the past, even though I miss the like physicalness of running, it's almost all mental. Like that's what I miss the most is like the, the mental feeling of the freeingness of going on a run. Like there's nothing like it. So when it's taken away, it just feels weird. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> so going into your kind of start in the sport of running and then we'll make our way up to present day. Can you take our listeners behind how you got your start in the sport of running? And in addition to that, what your first impressions of the sport were? So I started running my junior year of high school during cross country because I grew up playing soccer like ever since I was in kindergarten. So that year I decided I wasn't going to do travel soccer anymore and I was just going to do soccer in the spring for my school. And I was like, okay, I'll just start cross country just to stay in shape. And then I just, I guess, got hooked into running. We ended up winning states that year and then all the friends I made, it was just kind of a different environment. So I guess I just fell in love with it from the beginning. That's really interesting how, like, speaking on the past, like, you're a Division One runner now. Almost every single guest I've talked to has started before their junior year of high school. So I think that's super unique. I'm curious, what do you think makes the sport of running special? Because you had played soccer for so many years up until that point, and you had experienced other avenues of sports. So what do you think makes the sport of running special, in your opinion? Honestly, I think it's just a really cool community of people. Like, whenever I'm out or if I meet someone and running comes into the conversation I feel like you just automatically become friends (laughs) I don't know if that makes sense but also I didn't realize like when I first started I didn't realize how big it was and kind of complex I mean just put one foot in the other not like that kind of complex (laughs) 
but just like a lot of the behind the scenes of the different types of runs and it's something that you can do anywhere and any age can do it which I think is very special and yeah so at what point in your high school career obviously it would be much later because you hadn't started um running up until your junior year did you realize that running in college was something that you could potentially pursue um when I started running I just or even playing soccer, like playing a sport in college never crossed my mind. But one of my best friends that I did workouts with and that I made on my high school team, her family kind of grew up with running, like both of her parents were college athletes. Her brother um, was a college runner. And so when she started looking into college running, I was like, wait, if she can, then maybe I can too. And so that was probably like spring of my junior year, but that was also when all the COVID stuff happened. And so it was kind of a big mess because everything got canceled and they were like junior spring track and senior cross country are kind of your two big pre-college stuff. And those are both canceled. So yeah, that's when I started looking though and emailing coaches. So obviously you didn't have like a super long high school career because you really only experienced half of that, but even less uh, with all the COVID stuff. But I'm still interested to hear what were your favorite things about high school running looking back on it now? I think because I started so late, kind of like the ignorance is bliss kind of thing. (laughs) I wasn't really super worried about any meets. Like I just did it for fun and I didn't really put any pressure on myself because I was like, okay, I'm just doing this to stay in shape for soccer. And I just, the people I met were, it was really fun. I remember I never like for soccer. Sometimes I was like, I don't really feel like going to practice today, but for running, there was never a day where I was like, uh, I dread going to practice. Like I was always excited to go out. Even if I knew it was a hard workout or something, I was always excited to go. So if you could go back and give your high school self one piece of advice, what would it be? Um, I would tell myself just kind of not to worry. I feel like later, once I started thinking about college, I would catch myself like worrying about times and stuff just because it was limited, but like limited as in getting times with meets and things and just to enjoy like the small moments with my teammates because like I really miss running with them now and I remember on runs like we would be talking the entire time and just not to overthink anything because high school is like yeah high school high schoolers now are like really crazy fast (laughs) but just to enjoy it and not overthink anything yeah, how important has it been in your own personal career to like focus on your own journey, not worry about what others are doing and like because you had such a late start in the sport, focus on like your individual progress rather than focusing on all the people around you who I'm sure are fast as well. Um, yeah, I've definitely thought about that a lot. Just like what if I started running sooner, but it's I have to always remind myself not to compare like when someone else started versus when I started and 
because running is about kind of the long process of building up. And so I'm like, well, what if I started sooner where I could be now? But just whenever I get into that, those thoughts about comparing myself, I try to feel like, well, you can't change the past. And in the short amount of time, I feel like I've improved a decent amount. I mean, I still have a lot of big goals I want to achieve in the coming years. But yeah, just not comparing because it's all it's going to do is make me worry or feel bad or regret things. And there's nothing you can change about the past. So it's good to just stay focused on what I can do in the moment to get better for the next race. For sure. So talking about like your decision to go to Clemson, what went into that decision and what stood out about the program that made you want to go there over other schools? Well, I feel like I've never really posted this on my Instagram or anything, so I don't know if a ton of people know, but I'm a walk-on for Clemson. And so I, like, picked the school just as a regular NARP, (laughs) (laughs) like a regular person, um, before I knew I could run. And so I guess that was kind of different. So once I told the coach that I was like, okay, I'm coming to Clemson, that's when she offered me the spot. And so I initially picked it because of like the regular, it had all the programs that I was kind of interested in. And then I liked how it has like a strong academic life, but then also I feel like all the sports there are really big. Um, And then also I just love the campus. Clemson is its own little town. Like it's, they call it tiger town and literally everything is orange, purple, tigers paws <laughs> and so I like that kind of community feeling in your opinion what are the biggest differences between high school and collegiate running um well I did just make a YouTube video on this <laughs> yeah and not to interrupt but, but I can leave a link to that in the show notes for anyone who wants a, a deeper answer from you on this oh cool thank you um but I in my video I said the top three things were definitely the training is just higher intensity. Like the workouts were a lot harder after my first year. And then there's just a lot more of them, (laughs) higher intensity and more frequent, I guess. And then also just the emphasis on weights, core bands, like all how the little things kind of add up. And I feel like it's a lot more, um, individualized just because at least for my team, my college team is smaller than my high school team. And so the coach can really tailor training to you and everyone has like different mileage that they're best at. And so I feel like it's more adjustable. How cool is it been uh, to see you own like your own personal growth since you've been there as a runner? It's been really crazy. I remember last fall, like a month or two into the school year, some of the workouts, like the paces that she had me going, I was like, holy cow, I did not think (laughs) I'd be running this fast, this quick. But having the older girls to look up to and like during workouts, seeing them ahead of me and having like a visual goal of being like, okay, that's 
like I want to be able to stick with her. And so it's been really cool just in such a short time, seeing how the different training can really help someone improve quickly. So I'm curious to hear, and I ask most collegiate athletes this question, how do you balance the challenges of Division I running with the rigorous demands that accompany going to college? And then in addition to that, what is some advice you have for those who struggle with balancing both school and sport? I'm a really big list person. <laughs> if I like make a big to-do list of my week and I find that's really helpful, just because sometimes tons of things pile up on top of each other and just writing it all out, saying when I'm going to do things helps just kind of organize my thoughts. And then also if like there's a big project or something, just breaking it into chunks and be like, okay, I'm going to work on this for 30 minutes and then like take a snack break or something. So I guess that's my advice is just find what works for you about making enough time for like your work, but then also scheduling in times to just take a break because otherwise you'll just drive yourself crazy (laughs) with all the things that you have to do. So what are the biggest lessons you've learned since attending Clemson? Obviously, last year was your first year there and you're going into your sophomore year this year. So in your first year, what are the biggest lessons you learned? I know everyone says it, but the time goes by so quick. So just making the most of it is my biggest advice or the biggest lesson I've learned Um, because some days it's just the same routine like over and over again and they can, the days can just easily slip away, but having a good balance between doing fun things with your friends and actually enjoying the college life, just being on your own and meeting new people. Um, but then also making sure you're staying on top of your schoolwork because going both ways, you're only in college once. So you want to make the most of it. And yeah. So in your opinion, uh, of course, you've only been there for a year, so I'm curious to hear like your fresh thoughts on this. What do you think makes the Clemson uh, cross-country and track and field team special? Um, it's, this is also very cheesy, but I feel like we're just a pretty big, crazy family with all of our different roles. Like there's the moms of the team and, <laughs> you know, and then um, I feel like everyone – when something small happens, like if someone has a little win or a big PR, everyone's very excited and supportive of each other. And I also remember there's like an athlete dining hall kind of place, and we would have dinner together pretty much every night, and it just felt like a big family dinner, and we would sit there and talk for hours just about random things. And no matter like who on the team was there, It was just, even if it was like some of the guys on my team that I didn't really talk to, it was still like a fun time. So I feel like everyone's very close with each other and yeah. So looking forward to the future, of course, you're going into your sophomore year. So you have many more years to like fully realize your potential in this sport. But for this upcoming year, what are some goals you have, both process and outcome goals? Um, regarding outcome goals, I definitely have a bunch of times that I'm aiming for, but I want to 
ask my coach if I'm <laughs> reaching a little too far too quick. But um, I really want to try and break 17 in the 5K and then maybe break five in the mile. I don't know if that's the one that's a little far-reaching in my opinion, but uh, definitely really cool. And then I also want to try and break 10 in the 3K. I was trying to do that last year, but I did not accomplish that one. Um, and then for process goals, it's kind of more life-oriented, I guess. Um, but just trying to get better at saying, like choosing which things to say yes to, which things to say no to, because like it's important, at least for me, I have a, I'd like to have my downtime. <laughs> and sometimes I feel like I say yes to too many things and just put tons of things on my plate and then it stresses me out. So just making sure that I'm saying yes and there's the right things. So going into some NIL and uh, food talk, um, which shows that you're a super well-rounded athlete, um, you're very active on social media, as I'm sure many of our listeners know, who I'm sure are coming from you. And for those who aren't familiar, I'll leave a link to her Instagram in the show notes of this episode so you can uh, check her amazing food page out. There's always fun stuff, and you can learn a lot about food on it. So can you take us behind the decision to try and make yourself a personality within the NCAA and kind of continue to grow your Instagram account in this fun and unique way? I don't know if I'd say I'd like made a strong personality in the NCAA. <laughs> um, hey, from my outsider's perspective, I'd say it's pretty impressive, like the, the brand you've created. Oh, thank you. Sometimes I feel like I'm just a food girl. <laughs> like before I got on the team, like to the guys team, that's kind of like before I met everyone last year to the guys team, I was kind of like the food girl. <laughs> but um, anyways, I made my food account before I came into school and like I made it during quarantine during high school and so I kind of I already had a couple codes and stuff so before like once I knew I could run I was like getting ready to get rid of all my codes but then I learned about the NIL stuff and I was like oh that's cool I can kind of keep them but um I feel like I've tried to with all the NIL things it's kind of about building your brand as an athlete as well. So I've tried to incorporate more of the run part of the good food, good run, <laughs> just the, of the behind the scenes sort of things of college athletics. Cause when I first started my account, I was like nervous to put my face on it and like share personal information, but people seem to like the race recaps I would do. And I feel like, I can see the audience and a lot of the DMs and ages that I get are athletes or at least um, people who are active in that way. So how cool is it to be a part of the NCAA in the wake of NIL, which really was only a thing a few years ago? A few years ago, it wasn't a thing. So how cool is it to like be in the NCAA amidst like this crazy changing of how things are run with NIL? I think it's really cool being in the beginning parts of it. Um, earlier this summer, I actually went to Atlanta for the first NIL summit, and that was really cool to learn about um, more of the logistical things of NIL, I guess. 
Um, and then also just meeting all the different athletes and seeing their different experiences because I feel like right now it's there's some controversy over it, but then there's still so many great things being um, done because of it. And so seeing all the different athletes talking to them and seeing how they experimented with the different platforms and just also with all the NIL stuff changing, I feel like all the algorithms of all the platforms with just with TikTok and Instagram, like <laughs> everything's going crazy, I feel like right now. So it's definitely cool just learning along the way and seeing how big it can get in the future. So those who follow your account will know that you do many things with it, but probably the predominant theme is food. So when did you first become passionate about food and how it affects performance? Um, I've always loved cooking growing up. Um, But like I mentioned earlier, I started my account during quarantine. And so I feel like I just had more time. I love Pinterest and I had a bunch of recipes saved. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can actually start making trying these things out and then I told two of my closest friends I was like what if I made a food Instagram and they're like yeah do it and so then I did and that's kind of how that started and then once um I started running it just all the runners out there know it can just take a lot out of you (laughs) and so I unintentionally like I lost some weight just once I started running and I was like oh cool like I didn't really just with the typical diet culture, it's like, oh, losing weight, like that's a good thing. But then once I learned with running, especially with female athletes, how that can be dangerous and unhealthy, I was like, oh, shoot, like I need to fix that. And so that's when I started getting more into food with performance and make sure you're eating enough of the right foods. And so, yeah, that's when that happened. <laughs> so you talked about like creating your account, but the name of your account is at least on Instagram is good food, good run. So what went behind mm-hmm. the decision to create that name? Was there any like real big process of finding that name or did it just kind of occur to you one day and you ran with it? I feel like it just popped into my head, but now I'm kind of known as <laughs> my teammates feel like, Oh, GFGR. <laughs> but it's really, I feel like, Um, it was just a random thought at the time, but it kind of simplifies, like one of the things I try to emphasize is, yeah, you want to make sure you're thinking about what you're eating and making sure it's like good and fulfill or fueling your body, but good is kind of a simple word. And so just having good food makes you have a good run but one of the main things I try to emphasize is it's eating healthy is not something you need to overthink I feel like a lot of times I get questions from these girls being like how do you know what to eat before or like just very specific questions about specific foods I'm like really it's not something you need to worry or stress about just eat what's good for you and what works best for you and your body because what might work for me is not what's going to work for one of my teammates. So keeping it simple is, I guess, where I was going with that. (laughs) 
So, of course, like, I know this from having a podcast and, like, I got an Instagram to help market it this past February. And, like, already I've learned so much from having that account and trying to grow it. So what are the biggest lessons you've learned from growing this account and having this platform and, you know, writing these different mini articles on your page and whatnot? What are the biggest lessons you've you've learned from um, doing all of these things? Because, of course, it takes time and energy. So I'm sure you've learned things along the way. Like what lessons about growing an Instagram? Yeah, either like that or like uh, like real life lessons that you've learned from it that okay. like you apply to life or whatever way you want to take the question. Um, well, I guess my answer kind of goes with both, but I started this account just as a fun hobby. And so, um, I've noticed whenever you have, like, you're passionate about something and you're just doing something for fun, you're not worried about the analytics or whatever, you'll put more energy and people can tell when you're being more genuine about what you're creating and, when you're excited to put something out, it kind of shows with the passion and people have asked me like, how'd you grow your account and all that stuff. I'm like, I really didn't do any like special tactics or whatever, <laughs> like Instagram hacks. I just, whenever I, I'm excited to make a recipe or make a food and I'm excited to share it with people. Um, it just kind of shows naturally. And that kind of applies to life when, you're excited to do something and if you're doing what you love, you'll put more energy into it and you'll naturally just get better because over time you'll just kind of, I guess, going with enjoying the process, enjoying every little step it takes and you'll build up to that ultimate goal. So I think one thing I haven't really mentioned is just how big your account is and your accounts like across all of social media. So how cool has it been to see your accounts grow? Um, of course, like you started this in high school, really with the intention of just sharing these recipes that you created. So I'm sure as you kind of have been talking about, like you didn't expect to see the amount of people follow you that have over the years. So how cool and special has it been to see your account grow and kind of form this really special community? It's been really cool. I have, if you would have told me two years ago that I'd be on a podcast for a food account, I'd be like, what? (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, it's been really cool. And especially sometimes being on the side of the screen, just putting stuff out and seeing reactions in the forms of like numbers and just comments and likes and stuff. Sometimes it can be hard to be like, oh, is this really helping anyone? But then sometimes like people will send me DMs of pictures of a banana bread recipe that I made that or that they made. And I'm just like, wow, that's so great. And they're like, oh, my whole family loved it. And I actually have a note on my phone when I get a sweet message, I'll screenshot it and add it to my note. Because it's just cool to see like the impacts that it has on little people's lives, like just in or not little people. That was the wrong word. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> you're good. Like individual, like I know what you mean. There, like someone that I've never met, and they're like, "Oh, I loved your recipe." Or um, during the season, I'd post like race recaps, even if I had a really bad race or something. I'd be like, "You know what? This might help someone because everyone goes through it." And so, yeah, just the sweet. Um, 
comments and messages I feel like have made me feel good. Yeah, so looking forward to the future, what are some things and areas you want to grow your account in or maybe any ideas that you're excited to capitalize on in the coming years? Um, regarding the account, I definitely want to try and do even more um, running stuff because like the majority of it is recipes because that's what I like doing. But during the school year, I do not have as much time to make recipes as I would like. (laughs) And so incorporating more life things, but also being able to like with the life stuff that I post, not just focusing on like running only, but also like other athletes or people who are just active kind of posting more content for them about creating a sustainable, healthy lifestyle because sometimes I feel like people can go through waves of being like a health kick or something. But I think it's really important to like listen to your body. Like if one day you're not feeling good, take a rest day and that'll be more helpful than pushing your body through a workout or something and knowing that it's fine to take a rest and yeah, more lifestyle stuff, I guess. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, this conversation has been a really fun and impactful one. But to top off this episode, let's go through the rapid fire questions, also known as going to the wall segment. These are all questions submitted from Instagram. And I won't say the people's username because half of them I probably would butcher. So um, we'll just go through a few of them because they're a bunch. But the first one um, is what sport would you do besides running? Soccer. <laughs> I don't know. I asked that. That's obviously clear. <laughs> but but that person asked that. She wouldn't have known that. Um, uh, this person also asked favorite thing to bake. I love making banana bread. Um, I probably have like ten banana bread recipes. Really, that's awesome. Um, this person also asked favorite fruit. Um, strawberry. Uh, no, blueberries or bananas. And then another question they asked was favorite pre and post workout meal. Pre workout is definitely toast, the peanut butter banana combination. And then post workout, I either like a smoothie or oats, like any form of oats, baked oats, microwaves, overnight. There you go. What are the, this is a question from me, me, not from Instagram. I'm like a big oats guy. Like I joke that oatmeal is my favorite food. So what is your, like, let's say you had someone over, they were visiting you and they didn't particularly like oatmeal and you were making them oatmeal. What would be like the biggest things you put on the oatmeal that you think would make someone who doesn't like oatmeal, like oatmeal, if that makes sense. It's a long question. I know what you mean. Can I do baked oats? Yeah, you can do. You can approach this from whatever area. Baked oats, baked oats for sure, and just like a regular. If they like bananas, because I know some people are banana haters. I used to be one myself. (laughs) But um, (laughs) then the banana recipes kicked in. Banana bread recipes. I know it's really weird. I used to despise bananas. Now I love them. But anyways, I would definitely do like a banana bread. Baked oats. Oh, that's funny. That just like naturally came to my mind. And then I would do chocolate chips 
and then bake it and then drizzle peanut butter on top. Nice. Chocolate chips and peanut butter make everything better. I agree with you there. Exactly. Another question, which um, I'm, I'm curious to hear your take on this uh, coming from like your first year of college. This person asks suggestions on how to meet people in college. Um, joining a lot of groups that you're kind of interested in. I did, um, I did like an FCA small group and I met a lot of friends through that. And even though I didn't really have a ton of time to like maybe go to every small group meeting or anything, (laughs) but, um, just joining groups that, you're interested in the activities that they do. Um, but then I also met a lot of people, even just at the athlete dining hall, not being afraid to just go up and say hi. <laughs> My roommate taught me just, to, she like would just go up to anyone and say hi. So <laughs> she's helped bring me out of my shell. <laughs> nice. Um, another person asked, uh, what is your favorite part of being a collegiate athlete? Um, I think uh, just all the random opportunities that it brings, like being able to travel during the school year was really cool to all the different meets. And then all the really close friendships that I've made, I feel like whenever you're going, like doing a workout and you're just absolutely dying, but then you're dying with all the other people, (laughs) like you just get really close. It's a different bond. And so I feel like I wouldn't have as many close friends as I do if I wasn't playing a sport. Mm-hmm. Another question was a person said, I'm currently struggling with a mental block while running. Any suggestions to get over it? Um, I would say try, if you don't have goals set already, definitely set some goals because there's definitely days that I had this summer or even weeks where I'd be like, I just do not feel like getting up and running today. But then I would think about the goals that I have um, just for the school year, even like long-term goals that kind of helps re-motivate me. And so, because whenever like you, you just go day by day, it can get tiring, but kind of thinking back to your why, um, that helps kind of get back into it. Mm-hmm. Another question was, what is your favorite snack? Oh, that's a tough one. I know, so many good ones to choose from. There really is. I feel like I love smoothies. Yeah. Because there's just so many different combos you can make with smoothies. smoothies. Yeah, very true. Um, another person asked, how do you include your faith in your running? I include my faith in my running because I feel like with my faith, I'm, some people are like really big into music or things, but I feel like I get close to God when, um, I am out in nature, just with scenery and like at Clemson, it's, there's Lake Hartwell, like right beside it. And so sometimes when we're running and there's just a pretty view and I'm just like really happy where I am, I'm just like, wow, this is like kind of feels surreal like sometimes I get chills just seeing everything that God has made and then being like well he's with me right now in this moment and just seeing 
like how big everything is and how much he cares about me and my little progress, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. So I have to give a shout out to Haley. She's the only person I'll say her name on this episode, um, at least from Instagram handles, because Haley is not hard to pronounce. But I'm shouting her out because she has the best question. And it's not a question, but I personally laughed when I was reading through the questions and came across this one. So I'll, I, I saved the, the last one for uh, the, the best one for last. Man, I can't talk. And she asks, even though it's not really a question, she said, he's a 10, but he thinks carbs are bad, question mark, question mark. Zero. <laughs> I agree with you there. And then I, I personally uh, ask all my guests one question because all of those questions are from Instagram and not from myself. But I ask one rapid fire question to every single guest I have on the show to top off the episode. And it's one in particular that I'm excited to ask you about because you're a foodie. And the question is, if you had Gordon Ramsay coming over for dinner tonight, what would you make for him? That's a tough one as well. I feel like you can never go wrong with tacos or just like a fajita station. For sure. I agree yeah. with you there. Everyone likes tacos. Mackenzie, yeah. this conversation has been a very fun and informative one. It's been awesome going through your story with you, answering some fun listener questions about carbs and whatnot. And uh, yeah, it's, just, it's been awesome hearing your story and hearing your enthusiasm for what you do in life. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. And I can't wait to see all the amazing things you do in your life and your running and with your good food, good run account. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. I had a lot of fun. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Running Effect. If you liked it, I would greatly appreciate it if you share with your friends, subscribe to the show, and give us a five-star review on Spotify. That way, people who haven't discovered the show can discover the show more easily. Another way you can help the show is to support the people who support us. Currently, this podcast is sponsored by Liquid IV and Stoke Performance Nut Butter. I would greatly appreciate it if you guys support those organizations and use our discount code, which is, quote, the running effect in all caps. We get a small commission from all sales using that code, so you are directly contributing to the future of the podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram. My username is the running effect, and we also have a Strava club, and I believe our username slash club name is called the running effect or the running effect podcast. One of those I'm sure will come up. So I hope you all enjoyed this week's episode. I hope to catch you all in next week's episode. So until then, happy running.